Welcome back to another episode of Peter's Proffer, and you guessed it, we're here in the courtroom of current events. Today we're talking about medical marijuana. I don't know what it says about our listeners, but this is probably the most highly requested topic and asked about thing, um, legally speaking, because things are changing in Florida and even specifically in Pinellas County. So we're going to dive in today about what it takes to get a medical marijuana card, what you can actually do with that card, and what is still illegal, even if you have that card. So I'm just waiting to see how long it takes for my dad or Pete to break out into, I was going to go to court but then I got high. That's their favorite thing to say when we talk about this topic. So if you want to hear about something on this podcast, you can find us at Tregos Law on all social media platforms. You can always send me an email. Let me know what you want to hear. If you have a legal question or request for a topic for any of our podcasts, we really try to get to all of them. You can email me at petertregos at greeklaw.com. Okay, so to jump into the discussion about marijuana and medical marijuana, let's first talk about and break down what's legal now in Florida and some other states and what's still illegal and where does that come from? Well, in 2014, we tried to pass a constitutional amendment. We being Florida. Florida, and it failed by three percentage points. And then November 8th, 2016, it passed by 71% majority. Uh, Amendment 2, making medical marijuana legal in Florida. And then we had a lot of legislation in order to implement that constitutional amendment, which established um, various pathways to getting medical marijuana and, and how you use it and what it is and those kind of things. Okay, so what, because what we call recreational use is still illegal in Florida. Yes. Are there some states where recreational use is legal? Yeah, Colorado, for example, the most famous of them all. Right. So there are some states in the United States where recreational use of marijuana is legal. There are others that medical marijuana is legal. And then there are some where neither are legal. So in Florida specifically, and what we're really going to focus on today is medical marijuana. There's a lot of crossover with the other states that also um, legalized medical marijuana. But we're going to specifically be talking about Florida for the most part. Um, And we're going to go through and talk about what you can and can't do if you have a medical marijuana card, how you get that medical marijuana card, and then what is still illegal about it and how uh, marijuana is prosecuted and even criminally dealt with differently as the laws continue to change. So when talking about a medical marijuana card, what do you have to actually do to get a card? You have to be diagnosed by a medical marijuana certified physician. And right now, there's already over 300 doctors that are licensed to prescribe it in Florida. Is that sure that'll grow. I was yeah. going to say, is that kind of the guys that are in India that you call when you're there? No, but I, but, I mean, in Florida, actually, um, there are already 300 doctors that can do this. And what they have to do is they have to actually connect it to a condition that medical marijuana is an appropriate medication for. And some of those conditions are post-traumatic stress disorder, cancer, seizures, glaucoma, epilepsy, HIV, AIDS, chronic muscle spasms, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's. And then at the end, it puts something in there where it says any ailment or condition of the same severity slash symptoms. It has to be diagnosable and debilitating. So looking at those, you know, quote unquote ailments or symptoms or 
things that you can be diagnosed with to get medical marijuana, it's pretty vague and it's pretty broad. Yeah, I think the key that they're trying to get, and this is where always things turn gray in the law, is they're, they don't want to cut anybody out that really, really needs uh, medical marijuana. But it's going to get abused. Absolutely. And the question I have for you is, and medical marijuana is not, is that the marijuana that they remove the THC component no, no, that, no, 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 that no. takes the high away? No, the doctors are actually are, um, licensed to prescribe THC. That's what they're actually licensed to prescribe, the marijuana that has THC. It's called low-level THC. Right. Right. So I don't know exactly what you're talking about, if there's like a different kind of THC, but they're actually licensed to prescribe THC. So in addition to having a doctor diagnose you with one of these ailments, you also get entered into a Florida marijuana use registry. Um, I looked up the number. Did it's either like 300 and something thousand yeah, people Yeah, so there are already that many people in the registry. Then you apply online once you get a patient ID number after the doctor, you know, basically diagnoses you and, and enters you into the registry. You pay a $75 fee and you wait 10 to 20 days for approval and then the card comes in the mail. So that's basically what you have to do to get the card. And then what are the requirements as far as residence? Well, you have to be a Florida resident and there, meaning you actually have to have a, uh, a bill or a passport or a driver's license or something that says you actually live here. Because Florida is Florida, and we have a lot of seasonal residents, there is a an exemption. I don't know if you call it an exemption or there's a, a subsection for seasonal residents, but you have to be able to prove that you actually have seasonal residency right. here in Florida as opposed to I'm here on the weekend for a party bitch. It requires 31 consecutive days. Okay, of residency of in Florida. residency in Florida. Okay, so when you get the card, okay, it comes in the mail, you actually have the card. What does that actually allow you to do? Well, it all depends really on the diagnosis because there's different things that some of these are the low-level cannabis, which is defined, and I don't know how law enforcement is doing this because it's so complicated, but eight less than 0.8% of THC per 10% of cannabinoid weight for weight. Oof. So it's a very, very slight amount of THC, and we're talking about plant material now. That's the flower, and that's a very recent development. They also have the others, which is the less than 03 or 3% of THC, which is in the cannabinol, like the oils and those kind of things you use. So there's a whole complex range of what's going on. It's driving law enforcement crazy trying to figure out what is or isn't going to be used. I think let's back up for a second because in Florida... There was a, a, a moment, I think it literally was a moment, where it was supposed to be medical-grade marijuana was everything but smokable, meaning you could not smoke it. But right. that's since changed. Right. So now there's you can smoke it. Pills. I, there's I, like pills. There's a I think pill. Too. There yeah. are ointments. Right. right? Uh, Creams. Can you vape? I'm sure you can vape it. Uh, that's just smoking it. I is think that it? Like the same no, thing. you can vaping. Actually, have a section on vaping that they actually talk about. Which you inhale through your mouth. Right. Right. So, I mean, right. right. I get that it's a technical difference, but... Right, but there's creams you can rub, there's oils, there's pills, right. there's and, smokable. Yeah, I guess the point being is that's how they determine, you know, the legality of it based on that concentration that George is talking about. They also talk about edibles. Right. But because there's no regulation yet, we don't know what an edible is, whether we'll be able to eat that concentration like of THC. Well, no, Florida. FDA oh. won't ever do it because it's federal. Florida is going to have to decide what an edible is and how it's consumed. That sounds tough. So, okay, so what can you actually do? So we talked about how you can potentially smoke it, take it as a pill, rub it on as a cream or oil, something like that. 
Can you do it in the open? Can you do it at your house? Can you do it while you're driving in your car? What can you actually do once you have that card? Well, there are exceptions. Uh, you can't do it on public transportation, public places, places of employment, unless your employer says it's okay. So your employer can actually say it's not okay, though? Yes. That seems counterintuitive to some of the other employment laws, but okay. Uh, that uh, correctional institutions, preschools, primary schools, secondary schools, school buses. They won't let you smoke weed in prison? Uh, no. Okay. Or in vehicles or in aircraft. Wait, any vehicle or just public vehicle? It says any vehicle. Okay, so you cannot smoke it in your car while you're just Correct. driving. Or you can't be in the car smoking when somebody else is driving. Okay. Or a motorboat. Okay, so you basically you can't do it in any public places. You can't do it in any private places where they tell you you can't do it. And you can't do it in any vehicles. There's something interesting because in the law as it sits today, you can't smoke uh, in, in a school. But today, actually, Pinellas County is considering what they're going to do for their high school or school students that may have a prescription for medical marijuana. And that's something that's going to be decided today is how they have to implement a plan on how to deal with this. Well, I think the sheriff and the state attorney have come up with what they're going to do. Uh, They're not going to arrest the students. Well, I'm not talking about arresting right. students, but if, if a child has a prescription for medical marijuana, right now the, the, the guidance for the school is if you, you cannot administer it on school property, you can't take it while you're at school, you got to do that at home. But they're contemplating now what requirements or rules are going to have so those students can actually get that marijuana uh, medically while they're in school. So at this point, are they determining, you know, does the parent have to do it? Because, you know, obviously based on the law, the, the staff can't touch it. The, the teachers can't deal with it. Okay, so, so just focusing on, for a second, what people can and can't do for themselves when they have a medical marijuana card, when it's, you know, rightfully prescribed with a doctor. Well, in reality, what you can do is you can sit at home and I guess, take your medical marijuana. That's about as far as it goes. So right now, the basic setup for it is you can just use the marijuana at your residence or somebody's residence that says you can, right. private right. residence. And you're limited to how much you can have. Okay, what's what are those well, limitations? 2.5 ounces every 35 days. Okay, so, and is it like a regular prescription with pills where they can tell how often you refill it? When the last time is you got it filled? Do they check stuff like that? Yes, they do have, a, it's very regulated. They do keep track of how much marijuana goes out of the dispensaries. Okay, so you basically, you can have 2.5 ounces a month-ish, 35 days, and you can only take it at home or in a private residence that says it's okay that you can take it there. That's basically what's legal right now with medical marijuana. Which is really interesting because think about the stigma of marijuana. Uh, It was legal many, many, many years ago, and then it became illegal, and we've had the whole war on drugs since the 1980s. Marijuana's always been a target because it's considered a gateway drug. So you can have 2.5 ounces to deal with your, you know, your serious chronic issues. But you can have as many prescription, you know, oxycontin Opioids, as you yeah. want. All right, which I think will probably change as in, in the future too. Well, another thing too, you talk about restrictions and what you can and can't do. You can't cross state lines with your medical marijuana because can you just drive with it in your car in your pocket. I think so, as long as you're not consuming it, because you have to get to or from wherever you're getting it. But I think it's the consumption. Uh, But you can't drive across, let's say, let's say Georgia is legal for medical marijuana, Florida is legal. But the mere fact you've crossed a state line makes it federal. It's not legal in any way, shape or form federally. So you've committed a crime if you drive across a state line from one medical marijuana state to another. Or if you get into an airplane in Miami to fly to Tampa, even though you're within the state, but the a- it's, FAA. It, right, just the possession of it is a crime. 
Okay, so good. That's so that's what we're looking for. So you can drive around your neighborhood to and from work, to and from the dispensary. You can drive with it in your possession and that's fine. You probably want to have your card on you just like with pills. You want to have your prescription or concealed weapons permit right. you got to have your card. Exactly. So it's 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 taken exactly like those things where you, it's something you can take with you. It's highly regulated. You got to have proof that you can have it legally. You can't though smoke it or take the pills or whatever while you're driving and you may not be able to um, take the marijuana wherever you're going, but just having it on you is okay. But some big restrictions are not crossing state lines and not getting in an airplane with it because the federal laws start to jump in. So basically anywhere that state laws apply, if you have the medical marijuana card for that state, then you can use it. Right. And between states, some states honor prescriptions from another state. So you can take your prescription across state lines, get it filled in another state, right. so, and you'll be okay. So you drive from Florida to Georgia with your card, but with no marijuana. You buy marijuana in Georgia. You can take it in Georgia, and then you can come back, but you don't bring it back well, to you, Florida with right, you. Right, you, you got to use it, it all in Georgia. Right. Right. Okay, okay, that makes sense. All right, any other restrictions on medical marijuana cards? Well, if you're under 18, then you have to be terminally ill. And two pediatricians have to certify that before you can get medical marijuana. This makes sense because it is. there are some fears still that it's a gateway drug. We're talking about minors taking it. It's obviously got to be more strictly construed and more you know, heavily regulated to make sure that it's harder to get into the hands of minors that are using it. Um, so again, so normal restrictions, you do have to be prescribed based on one of these um, ailments that you have, but a minor, that restriction goes up and it's even harder to get the medical marijuana. Anything else? Any other restrictions or things you can and can't do with this card? I think that pretty much covers it. Okay. So let's talk about now how this you think is changing, how medical marijuana becoming legal is changing recreational use marijuana and how that's prosecuted and how people are being arrested or confronted with law enforcement differently based on the fact that it's becoming so normalized and it's becoming more and more legal everywhere every day. Well, the old way of enforcing marijuana laws just can't work anymore. Um, For instance, it used to be you could arrest somebody by smell. Oh, I smell. Uh Ah, that's marijuana. You're under arrest. Can't do that anymore because hemp is now legal in Florida. And if you light up hemp and it's, you know, the the, The the aroma, the smell, that's the same smell. So now they have had to change all the ways law enforcement enforces marijuana. In fact... I don't think many of us have ever heard of any small amount of marijuana being prosecuted any time lately. Well, yeah. So, and that, that's what I was going to say is seven years ago when I first started, like my second trial at the state attorney's office was a possession of marijuana, a small amount of marijuana. It was like a, basically like a little blunt, like a half a blunt. And in jury selection, which we've done a podcast on it. So if you want to know more about it, go listen to it. But you basically talk to the jury and ask them what they think. And when I ask the question, how many people in here don't think marijuana should be illegal in Florida. Every single person in the venire, every single person that was potentially going to be on our jury raised their hand and said they didn't think it should be illegal. So how are you ever going to convict somebody for something that everybody on your jury thinks should be illegal? It just wouldn't work like that to prosecute these small amounts, even though technically it is illegal and technically somebody could go to jail for 364 days for, for having that amount. It's just not actually something that's prosecutable anymore. In my generation, 
people couldn't get their law licenses because they had convictions for 31 grams of marijuana. It was a felony. Well, I had friends that that were too afraid to even apply in Florida because of them. So it wasn't that old. It was just, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. When I was in law school, I had some friends that were scared to apply in Florida and picked other states to take the bar in because they were still scared that the Florida bar was not going to approve them because of possessions of marijuana. From my perspective, you know, all my military years, I mean, it was terrifying because we were, you know, we would do urine screens on a regular basis. And, you know, every time you'd have one soldier that was, would come up positive with marijuana and their career is over. So we were, it was, you know. So it's a lot different deal. now. Okay. So, and those are some of the reasons it's just hard to prosecute because we're still in a jury system. So the public is still having to convict these people and they're not convicting them just based off a little bit of marijuana. Now that changes if they think that it's a gang member who's selling marijuana to kids and distributing it across state lines and bringing it over from foreign countries. Like the bigger the case gets, obviously the easier it is to prosecute somebody, but somebody just having a recreational blunt that they smoke is a lot harder to, um, convict somebody on. So, uh, what, what else is changing and, and what are, what is law enforcement and what is the state attorney's office doing to kind of combat that change? Well, or again, to promote it. To me, it's shocking that we've come to a point where the state attorney and the sheriff have come together and done a memo telling law enforcement agencies, look, we don't want to prosecute marijuana cases unless it's a big time, like you just said, a big amount. Because first off, it's not worth the testing we have to do now to show that it's less than 0.3%. And in fact, the FDLE labs can't test for that. They can test for the the, the presence, of, presence THC. of THC, but, but they cannot the t- test for the amount. Pinellas County, believe it or not, is one of those counties that does have the ability to test for that. But it's just not worth it. What they're saying is, you bring in a thousand cases of this small amounts of marijuana, you know, our lab's going to be finished for months. So just forget it. And half the people can't pay the court costs yes. and the invest costs anyway. Yes. So, so just forget it. So if it's a small amount, if all you've got is smell or appearance, that's not enough anymore. And didn't they also say something almost like a blanket? If it's edible and cookies, brownies, gummies, don't arrest people for it. Yeah, because we can't tell. You know, we That's can't. Crazy. We can't. We can't. Gummies, especially. There's no test right now that can tell you what percentage of THC is in a gummy. So how does this affect? Like, how is this? The legislative branch. How do they feel about this? They write a law, and now it's just not going to be implemented. It's not going to be executed. Well, I think it's purposeful. You mean they're trying to have an effect on the legislature? Absolutely. Yeah. So the legislature says that marijuana gummies are illegal, but now they're basically saying we're not going to prosecute that anymore. We're not going to arrest people for for marijuana edibles. So those gummies, they're just not going to prosecute anymore. Well, you know, those kinds of decisions, people didn't really realize that a lot of people were always made. For instance, marijuana. In federal court, you never saw a marijuana case that didn't have thousands and thousands of pounds of marijuana. So they made the conscious decision, look, we just don't have the resources to handle this volume, so forget the small stuff. And that's all that's happening here. And let's face it, we're on the road to a total legalization of, of marijuana in this country. Uh, we're on the road to it happening in Florida. Um, I mean, I think that's the way things are going. I got a question for you, George. Realize that it's illegal to actually smoke marijuana in public. I'm sure that if you go to Ybor City, St. Pete, you know, all the places where young people go and, and, and hang any out. Any high school football game. Sure, any high school football game that there is going to be someone that lights up marijuana, yes, a cigarette. Maybe they have a, um, what do they call it, a uh, card. Maybe they don't. The question is, what do they charge them with, if anything? Is it like an open container? Well, no, they're not going to charge them because, again, all you've got is smell and appearance. So they're probably just going to let it go. I really think they're just going to let it go. 
Yeah, I mean, it does seem like more trouble than it's worth, to be honest. But one of the other big things that that Bernie and and Gualtier, that the state attorney and the the sheriff in Pinellas said was they're giving law enforcement officers some discretion if they don't think it's a big deal. Basically, don't make the arrest. Right, but they're also telling them do not make the arrest unless you have more. Now, the right. smell and appearance, they're telling them we're not going to prosecute that. And when you were talking about the cookies and stuff. You know, they're right. not going to prosecute that. There's got to be more. So it's a waste of everybody's time. It's a waste of the cop's time if he does all this paperwork, arrests this guy, drives him down to the station, whatever, if they're not going to prosecute him. Some people don't realize how much the state attorney's office and, and cops work together, but basically cops bring a piece of paper to the state attorney and the state attorney determines whether or not yeah. they're going to file that. Also, the state attorney said if you don't have the marijuana or if you don't have the actual drug, don't bring it because we're not going to prosecute any cases that we can't test. And, that, and that's great because that's the other thing. In that same trial, the guy I was prosecuting was in connection with a much bigger drug case, but he just happened to be standing around smoking his marijuana and they had a bag full of marijuana. It was a huge bag, like a public size bag full of marijuana. And my guy's little half blunt was in the same bag as that. So they couldn't even give us the half blunt to put in front of them. I mean, it was the dumbest case in the world, but it's exactly what you're talking about. And thank God they don't prosecute anymore because it's a waste of time for everybody. I used to have cases where the marijuana that they tested was so small that in the testing, they totally destroyed the yes. sample. Yeah. There wasn't enough and to or in the pipes. Those, right? In the pipes, you yeah, used to get Yeah, we still like, prosecuted them, right? Yeah, but in the pipes, you'd have like the residue of marijuana was enough sometimes to go forward on cases. I mean, it's just so yeah. stupid. Well, and whether you agree or don't agree with, with marijuana and whether it should be legal or not, the fact is, now in today's environment, how sad it is that you have so many people in the past that have criminal records, felony convictions, all that, and that today they wouldn't even be prosecuted. And and just some final questions. So with the new laws in place, the new medical marijuana, is it an appropriate excuse for the judge if you were going to go to court, but you got high? Yeah, okay, listen, that was the public defender's office theme song when that song when that came out for months when you were there, you mean? Oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, well I mean, that's that's the. I thought you guys were going to say it about the second line in this uh, we would podcast. Literally, just you know, go down the halls of court. I was singing that song going to court. There's yeah. lots of legal references in that song for anybody that's interested. It also talks about child support. And yeah, if yeah. you forget it, you know, because you got high, it's also not a good excuse legally yeah, speaking. Not a defense. A lot of judges didn't get appointed to the bench because they admitted at some time in their life, who knows how far back, they smoked a marijuana joint and that ended their career. Jeez, that's crazy. It didn't end Bill Clinton's career, though. Yeah, well, no, Bill Clinton, but no. he didn't inhale. But everybody, so he expect, everybody expected that he did, with no surprise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast today, and we'll be back with you next time. Child support, but then I got high. No, you wouldn't.